I've always been a very quick talker. Mm -hmm. I've always been very quick to to share my own experiences and my own um, uh, successes and failures. And sometimes I, I think one of the most important things in life is to actually, everybody loves to talk about themselves. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, the way to win clients, the way to win business, the way to get ahead is to actually let other people talk about themselves mm. and just to shut up for a second. And, and I mean, I, I, you know, as a lawyer, I'm always talking, I'm always selling, I'm always trying to give, you know, advice. But sometimes the more you talk, the, 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 the more you can land yourself in hot water. And yep. So uh, it is 4.30, I believe, Friday. And we're just wrapping up the month. And... Joining me is the legendary Mike Lazarus. How are you, Mike? I am good, thanks, buddy. Thank you good. for having me on the Rani Asanias podcast. Absolutely. You're one of the people that I definitely wanted to have um, on the podcast. You bring a very, very diverse experience and background. So uh, it is a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And next to us are some legends that um, you probably uh, like one or two, maybe all of them. Who's your favorite out of all these five? You got Bill Gates. Oh, my you favorite. Got Bezos. I think Musk. my favorite has got to be Elon Musk. Yeah, he's yeah. my favorite too. Yeah, like I, I love them all, but why? Tell tell me first. He's just why. a super cool guy. Yeah. You know, doing super cool things yep. in his own quirky way. Yep. And I think the others are all controversial. Mm. I think they would all be real dicks to work for. Yep. But I yep. think I think Musk is just really cool and rev yep. look, they've all done extraordinary things, but I think, mm. you know, you just talk about Tesla yep. and you get hundreds of thousands, millions of people tuning in. Yep. And it's, I just think that there's so much more that he's going to do work. and yeah. where things are going to go. Um, I mean, Facebook is obviously dominated yeah. social media platforms for so many years. Yeah. And, you know, you hear the back end stories of the Zuckerbergs and, mm. and, um, and Jeff Bezos's and, but you know, Musk is out of those, out of those guys, I'd say Musk is definitely the one that I would want to, uh, shadow for a day do you think he's a time traveler or do you think because he's because he's just he's just so advanced in terms of what he's done yeah. with with in in the electro in the electric space or, or with, maybe with yeah or maybe he's a robot i don't know like when he was on that have you seen him on the joe rogan podcast no like he joked a few times on the on the podcast and outside of it saying like i could be a robot who knows in a way that is like, you're not really kidding, mate. <laughs> you could be, you know what I mean? Um, Look, these guys are all extraordinary in their own right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of success comes down to luck. I think with these guys, they're all geniuses. Geniuses. And I think they were all geniuses from very young age. And yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna succeed. Yeah. But these guys just had vision. Mm. And 
passion. Yeah. Vision, passion, and determination, I think. And, you know, the, these guys are unstoppable. Yeah. And uh, I aspire to, to, uh, to be able to achieve something big. And I see why, you know, you've got them here up on your wall because it's... They mean a lot. It means a lot. Yeah. It's so. Besides uh, them being an inspiration for myself and a lot of people, it's just one of those things. I keep telling people, like, I have them on the wall because every time I look at them, it just pushes me to work hard because I see how miniature what I've accomplished in my life versus other people. Mm. And I look at it from a positive way. Okay, so what can I do and what can I uh, work on to, to bring value? Because you look at every single person here, what they've done in some shape or form has touched the lives of billions, yep. right? And a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, what I do definitely does not touch that, you know, the masses, you know? Um, so it, it is, it, it's, it's pretty cool to, to do something that affects the lives of a lot of people. Um, and, and touching on uh, Musk and, and like the fact that being a genius is not only uh, the only thing you need to be successful. He works like no other. He works so hard, like he puts in, and he said that too many times, he works more than 80, 90, probably in the vicinity of 100 hours a week. And back when Tesla was still starting, um, he took all the money he made from PayPal, and he, I'm not sure if you know that story, but he put it all in, in Tesla. And Tesla was on the verge of being bankrupt. And he was sleeping in the factory, getting one or two hours sleep a day until he turned it around and it became what it is today. I mean, how many people could have quit at some point, you know? So he, besides his genius, he's definitely a hard worker and quite resilient. And the other thing is that I find interesting is, you know how we, in, this, in our society, we define genius and intelligent in different ways. One of them is like how articulate and how perhaps the pace and how you, you know, talk. And there's this thing that if someone talks really slow, they're not smart. But if you listen to him, he doesn't talk fast. He takes a lot of time to think about every single word he says. And he's like, he's go, he tra he's traveling into <laughs> different places when he's talking he's like tapping into these you know be it engineering or science or i don't know but it's just it's it's interesting to see him talk as well you know i think what i've started to learn in my career and in life i've always been a very quick talker mm. i've always been very quick to to share my own experiences and my own um uh, successes and failures yeah. and sometimes I, I think one of the most important things in life is to actually everybody loves to talk about themselves yeah and I think sometimes you know the way to win clients the way to win business the way to get ahead is to actually let other people talk about themselves mm. and just to shut up for a second and and I mean I, I, I you know as a lawyer I'm always talking I'm always selling I'm always trying to give you know, advice, but sometimes the more you talk, the, 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 the more you can land yourself in hot water and, yep. you know, how to warm to a client or to, to anybody, whether it's in a relationship, mm. is to kind of let them talk and let yep. them talk about themselves. And, and uh, true story, I was briefing a very intelligent barrister on a very 
particular matter that we we have in court this mm. week, and um, and he was furious about an incident that had happened with one of our clients. And one of the things he did was he wanted to convey his message, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, just hold on a second, I I just got to collect my thoughts." Yeah. And he stopped and he paused, and and the way he then um, delivered the message that yeah. he was trying to deliver to to portray. He'd thought about it. He it just wasn't yeah. off the cuff. So when yeah. you go back to these guys, I, I get it. You know they, mm. you know the the true, the guys and and, yeah. and girls out there that have really succeeded in life really understand people. Yeah, of course. And I think yeah. So that's I get why you say they talk slowly because he's listening and articulating and working out. Yeah. He's he's always a couple of moves ahead. All of them are always yeah. a couple of moves ahead. Yeah. Of anybody else. Course. And that's why they're so advanced, and they can see into the future as to what is what people want before those before people know what they yeah. want themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think anyone can do a lot with speaking less and listening more. One hundred percent. Do you going back to these guys, and obviously being a um, a lawyer who worked for. Um, big FMCG companies like uh, Monster Energy, but also having your own practice here in, in Sydney, Australia. Uh, you've been doing this for many, many years. How crazy, and we hear stories all the time, how crazy are the um, legal battles that these major companies get in? Cr crazy. I mean, <laughs> working for a big FMCG like Monster, where there's, you know, market cap in the billions, mm. several billions, you know, you're talking about going to great lengths to protect your brand that you've yep. built over the years. So whether it's, uh, you know, your intellectual property or whatever it may be, mm. uh, it, it, it's really not about the money. It's about yep. reputation. It's about, you know, it's about protecting your investment in, in, mm -hmm. in your brand, in yep. your image and your reputation in, 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 what you've created. Yeah. I, th I think me working with a number of smaller startups, yeah. it becomes a lot more challenging right. for them, particularly when they are looking to build and scale on an idea or a concept that, you know, uh, they, sh they, 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 they're, they, they fearful to, to talk about their idea or concept mm. because they don't want it to get, they don't yeah. want their, their idea to get <clears throat> stolen. Yeah. And, um, and that happened to me yesterday mm. with a client who's, who was dead set scared about talking about mm. this idea that they think is going to revolutionize a particular industry because they don't want to have it mm. taken away from them. And yeah. I'm like, well, if you don't <laughs> fucking talk about your idea, then how can I help? Then you? just sing Kumbaya mm. between the two of you for the next five, 10 years and let somebody else come up with it while you sit on the fence. So, you know, you need to talk about it. But, but, um, uh, the bigger the bigger companies can very easily come along and, and squash you if the, the idea is good. But then it comes down to how how well you execute and deliver and how quickly you build up a, a following so that when these bigger brands and companies do come along, they either want to acquire you yep. or your loyal customers want to stay with you because of what you offer and the way you treat your customers or your clients that is different to 
some of these bigger mm. companies. But going back to your question about about the the, the, the legalities, yeah, I mean these, you know, I, I, especially a, a lot of the larger firms, etc., where these companies will go to, can be embroiled in massive litigation. I mean, you've seen the Apple Samsung disputes there's you know there's there's disputes all the time you've seen with uber i was just gonna say uber uber must be one of the biggest one of the companies that have have had the biggest amount of disputes and money put into protecting themselves and defending themselves but even facebook has had issues you know you know privacy issues look i i don't think there's one at least that comes to mind for me that stands out as being the biggest i Mm. think you know, everything from Microsoft to Amazon, for Amazon, the way they treat their employees or their workers, or, you know, yeah. you know there's, 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 there's Bill Gates has had issues about the way mm. he does things. There's, you know, it's, no one's immune from it. You know, we've seen all these, all these, these movies that have come out of the, yeah. of the, uh, the, the, the stories that have come out of these startups. I think you have to be ruthless. And I think each of the founders in any any business have to has to be ruthless to some extent to get ahead but um you know as as you build and scale you you know you'll go to great lengths to protect your your brand and you know if 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 the law comes into that uh it doesn't really matter whether you're david or goliath like how Mm. big you are you'll take on somebody that's that's small that could be uh, potentially be a threat and if they're not a mm. threat now they could easily become a threat as they grow so um, so the idea that a, a big company with an army of lawyers versus a startup or a small company that is still trying to make a dent in the world who may not have the, the funds the amount of money or the experience to deal with um, you know a legal battle I guess that's a very interesting thing so from from what you've seen like obviously the the obvious thing is smaller companies are always at a disadvantage but there must be some ways where small companies or startups have from the start good structures and this is where great lawyers come in where they help them there's always themselves. there's yeah. always ways to kind of bulletproof your business and I'll, maybe bulletproof is not the right mm. word because it's know as a small startup coming yeah. up against a big multinational you're, you're always you know mm. at risk and can be exposed but i mean i got, I got a, a client the other day that and i don't want to kind of go into sure. de- too much detail on, on names that you know has created a very unique product mm-hmm. that has got some uh, fictional characters in this particular product that kind of depict uh well-known characters mm. um from some other brands and big brands and you know they've created a product that they've managed to really scale globally mm. you know and sell this product through amazon etc now they the, this product is you know a product that you'd buy for your children mm. and you know you'd yep. buy yep. As, a, as a as a christmas gift we're talking about right. a, a 20 or 30 dollar product here right and you'd think, oh, like, you know, a, a big multinational company, you know, over in Los Angeles, you know, or, a, or, a, or, or a celebrity, oh, yeah. they're never going to come after these guys. Yeah. You know, these guys are going to flog and sell 30,000 yeah. units of this product, you know, yeah. per week or whatever, and it's not going to be an issue. And, mm. and, uh, and they've had cease and desist letters wow. that have been sent to them from 
from the representatives and either the in-house of of these companies or yep. these or these celebrities or um big law firms right. representing these celebrities saying we're aware of what you're doing you're infringing upon our intellectual property rights you don't you don't have the rights we haven't given you the rights there's no license agreement in place or anything to that effect mm. and you know unless you r remove and stop selling and account to us for mm. the profits that you've you've mm. made uh, and basically pay us uh, we're going to come after you now whether they actually come after them or not is a different story. But when you get a letter like that, you have to take it seriously. 100%. Um, and that means that you may have 5,000 or 10,000 units of a particular product that could make you a lot of money as a small business yep. that you suddenly have to get cease and, yep. and get rid of. Mm. And, and, and this particular client had numerous disclaimers throughout this product. Yep. You know that you know these these are fictional and 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 when I say that the 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 characters etc that were depicted were, you know, like changed names mm. um, or different you know that that yeah. sounds like and looks like right. a particular person or character or whatever, but it's slightly different. Right. Um, so you can argue, and you if can you're a bad company, you can argue it's the same thing. You can argue, yeah. and you can have disclaimers, etc. Mm. But that's that's still not foolproof, and you know. So, but from a from a legal perspective, what can you do? Yes, you can have disclaimers. You can have you know terms and conditions on your website and and yeah. and privacy policies. You can have you can get intellectual property protection through trademarks or yeah. patents or design rights. Um, you can have agreements in place whether it's shareholders agreements mm. you know wh wh whatever it may be services agreements mm. you know um uh, uh particular provisions in contracts that yep. don't allow you to uh um reverse engineer a particular product or formula or whatever right. so that they can then go and on sell it to someone else after you've paid for that the use and for the yep. ownership so there are lots of things that can be done mm. and it sh they should be done whether small business and startups want to spend the money on that when they can spend it on mm -hmm. google adwords or you know marketing, getting a marketing yeah. you know and a marketing budget or you or know investing or in other products you know on, on building their app or on actually mm. putting that money towards uh, you know building or or, or, or buying yeah. more units of a product mm. sometimes the legals is very low down the totem pole unfortunately yeah. it's a service that nobody really wants yep. everybody needs it yeah all the big companies need it they've got in-house teams yeah you know they've got parties that are that are scouting the market for trademark mm. infringements that do it 24 7. but um but a lot of the time when you're starting out as a business or as a startup the first thing you're thinking about is you know how do i get an mvp you know how do i scale this how do i get mm. it to market you know I need to put this amount in in my in my web page in my yep. website. I'm taking work away from you in your <laughs> app, you know, in yep. in your design, etc. And and uh, you know, and then I need the right kind of technical person on board, and I need yep. I need money for for wages and stuff. Um, the shareholders agreement or the the, the trademarks mm. or the you know or, or or any of the other agreements and and legals that that come with it. Well, that can wait till next month. Mm. But then suddenly next month comes and they haven't done it and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it gets pushed and, back. And it gets yeah. pushed back. And then you end up spending a shitload more money fighting off these guys mm -hmm. with, you know, having to get lawyers to respond to letters and then mm -hmm. having you get having 
the, the threat of having to change your brand yep. and your you, you know so you've built a reputation and goodwill for six months to a year you've got investment mm. you know you've come up with a cool name and a brand and you're now you're you're online and you're yep. selling it and suddenly you're told you've got to stop selling that you've got to change your entire branding and your name now if you're in a re in the restaurant game and you've got menus and you've got signs and you've got websites and you've got tangible assets that are a particular brand mm. and name and suddenly you've got to go and change all of that that can Massive cost step back. a huge amount of money yeah i mean it's, it's interesting like um when we tend to push things back because we don't want to invest in it we know it's the right thing to do it's the right thing to invest in you know having a the right lawyer or it could be anything else um but you just tend to sometimes push certain things aside because they might be intimidating or even costly but the procrastination on trying to save money now a lot of times end up costing you a lot later on always yeah it's crazy always. yeah um do you so obviously the type of legal issues that or, or battles that tend to materialize in an industry like FMCG are different than that of tech, for example. There might be some, like, I'm, I'm not sure here, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing that something like trademarks is super big in FMCG. And so, we heard of so FMCG, for, for anyone who's listening, is fast-moving consumer goods. Right. So, you know, whether it's food and beverage, whether it's cleaning products or beauty products, it's basically beauty, goods yeah. that are flying off the shelves yep. quickly and mm. no, normally for a low cost. Yep. Um, so, you know, energy drinks, for example, mm. carbonated soft drinks, etc., are are FMCG brands, you know, yep. crisps, Smith's chips, Arnott's, that, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, Mac and cheese too. Exactly. Whatever, so you, your, whatever, heart whatever, whatever your heart desires. So um, the kinds of issues that you have with these types of, of products are, um, it's not it's not only the the ip and the trademarks and stuff it's mm. it's also there's also a lot of regulatory issues yep. so for example with with energy drinks what what comes to mind with energy drinks there's all kinds of regulatory issues from mm. caffeine content to sugar content to consumption levels to underage mm. um, uh, drinking of energy drinks just like mm. you have with with other industries where yep. you've got regulatory issues even like even with the ubers in this world you've got regulatory issues so labeling issues mm. marketing issues regulatory issues um, you know you're running promotions yep. in-store online promotions mm. you know what you can do and what you can't do and know you win a win a vip trip to xyz mm -hmm. you know driving a formula one car or whatever it's mm. you know you've got issues with with these very big you know with the yep. formula one or various other ver various other entities about you know naming rights and permissions and yep. so there's 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 different areas of law mm. that you know and with tech i mean tech has got you know whether it's issues because of uh, litigious issues or mm. it's issues in terms of just legal requirements in the form of you know capital raises mm. and having to to um, have the right kind of lawyer to assist with yeah with that whole process you know with term mm. sheets with with uh, seed investors with 
venture yep. capitalists coming on board and what kind of preference shares they want or ordinary shares and mm. you know and liquidation preferences is all is a, it's a whole yep. different world and you, you need to have somebody you know whether it's a startup founder that knows mm. what they're doing or um, an advisor that knows what they're doing in that space to kind of help guide them because yep. there are always legal issues that come up in in every um, different kind of sphere of mm. business, whether it is tech startups, whether it is fast-moving consumer good brands, you know, there's there's always agreements, there's always mm. things that you need to do to protect yourself. It's interesting as well where, you know, sometimes you think you operate because your company is in a certain country, for example, Australia, and um, perhaps like the example you were talking about where a company in LA sued to the company who I'm assuming was based here or something. Uh, but anyway, you could you could have a brand or you can have a business and then, you know, somewhere else in overseas just comes after you. So it's not even like just we, locally. I, I had that with a, a client that registered trademarks here in Australia and there was a company over in Los Angeles, literally across the road from Disneyland who had a a business that had a very similar name to our client here in Australia and they all the way from California issued uh, through through Australian lawyers issued a cease and desist against my client for trademark infringement and passing off you know trying mm -hmm. to pass themselves off as being and this company actually had no ownership rights or registered trademarks in Australia, but they raised, oh, but we're going to be coming to Australia. Mm. We basically told them to go mm. F themselves. Yeah. And uh, and um, we were first to market, we got the trademark. It, our, our, our concept and product was far superior to theirs yeah. in terms of the offering here. Um, but there was no, there was no possible likelihood that anyone would be misled and deceived into believing that my client's concept was in any way, shape or form similar to this other mm. product over in the US. Firstly, because most Australians wouldn't have even known about this yeah. product unless they were there. Yeah. Um, and secondly, because um, they, they, they had no rights here in Australia. Yeah. So they just had no, they had no, so no they had no recourse. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, we were successful on that, and we got the trademark in the end, mm. and um and yeah, it's but you're as you start to scale and move your business overseas as well, whether it's with trademarks or whatever it may be, just because you have a registered trademark in Australia doesn't mean you have a registered trademark in the US mm. or the UK or parts of Europe or China, you know. China. China. Yeah. So um. Shout out to all so, our friends from all around the world. So uh, yeah. How so, how do you get trademarks in China? Like, so everyone talks about like, we know this. Like we hear about this since like I used to hear about it since I was really young. That forget having like IP and 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 legal protection in in a market like China, just because of how tough it is. I'm not sure if it's the laws or how hard it is to. Um, implement them uh, or enforce them you know so I'm, I'm always under the impression that if you have a, a product especially like you know 
if it's a physical product, um, could be FMCG or durables or whatever, having that being in like not having a replica show up next day in China is is almost impossible. I'm, I'm assuming other parts of the world too. Yeah, look, just with trademarks, trademarks really protect a, a, a name or a concept or a logo of your Cadbury's, a, you know, even a cut the color purple. Yep. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily that that's what a trade that's what you know basically a trademark's mm. protecting. It's not really protecting uh, the idea or the concept, you know, there's also there's other forms of intellectual property. If it's something very unique, um, you know, there could be a, a technical aspect of it. It could be a it could be a, a patent. I'm not a patent attorney, uh, and you many patent attorneys are, are actually have science degrees and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, you know, there's 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 different ways of protecting um, your your whatever it is you're building, but. Going back to your question with respect to China, it's it, it's very difficult to prevent, you know, a, a Chinese manufacturer, etc., from potentially ripping off what you're trying to, to to build, and you know, for them to create it themselves and then to go on and flog it mm. to somebody else. And I'm not, you know, outing China. You yep. know, this can happen anywhere. Um, so having agreements in place is important, and you know, and having with agreements with your manufacturers or suppliers or distributors you know and, and then the governing governing law provisions become important in terms of where the that that would be argued in which kind of competent court and jurisdiction you know i wouldn't want to be running a claim uh in china you know as an australian company yep. but but that that doesn't mean it's that it's going to be that easy to try and bring or commence proceedings or action mm. against a you know, a Chinese manufacturer. So um, get, getting trademarks in China is, is not easy. You've got to have somebody on the ground over there that really yep. knows what they're doing, uh, and understands the language. And th- there's also, um, uh, uh, I think it's first first to market. So if, it, if somebody mm. uh, wants to go in and register the mark straight away in China, they can do so. Mm. Um, and there's, dif- there's different requirements around the world. Um, so the whole process with trademarks, which I'm not completely across, so I don't mm. do a lot, Yep. trademarks in China um, it, but it's 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 a uh, it's it's a different ball game every every country um, has different requirements mm-hmm. um, but yeah China's China's difficult it's a tough one um, for example your one of your favorite startups which is probably not a startup anymore because they ba- valued a, a billion almost Gymshark so I'm let's say s- someone in China or someone outside of China goes to a manufacturer or even anywhere else, let's say Vietnam, or any country that manufactures um, sports apparel and whatnot, and says, okay, let's come up with Jim Sharky, and the logo kind of looks similar too. Well, well firstly, Jim Shark is, is a massive company now, and so they would go really hard on anyone that tried to infringe their brand, and they would have the, the, the dollars or the pounds to, to back themselves, and they got investors all over the world. And secondly... I think one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of Gymshark, and I read up about Ben Francis, mm-hmm. or Francis, um, who started from very humble beginnings in Birmingham, uh, mm-hmm. and and has built an absolutely incredible business. And Gymshark is one of the first um, kind of apparel brands to use influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have got such a stronghold on. 
followers and influencers that have got you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of followers um uh that i don't think i think a company like a jim sharky would would get laughed at it wouldn't be taken seriously and i don't think people would buy that kind of product because it would be inferior you know and so it's different story several years ago but don't forget these manufacturers in China and the Philippines, et cetera, are coming across products and, and ideas and concepts day in, day out. Mm. And so it's not like they, they, they're out there really to rip off everyone. You even, know? They came up, even if they came up with the same exact thing. I guess the question is how do you, and I, I know you, you don't get involved a lot in like China, like you said, but... Um, how how tough is it to to go after markets like that because it's it's uh, to me it's always been like i feel like it's almost impossible it's something like you don't think about if it's if it's a market like maybe um like in europe or maybe other parts in the world you can you can do something about it is that is that accurate or look look you can always do something about it it just depends on how much mm. time and effort and money you want to spend on on yeah. it um and sometimes you can end up throwing good money after bad. So, you know, all I can say is, yeah, so those markets are, are more difficult to, mm. to, uh, to go after if, you know, rather than if it's in your own backyard and dealt yep. with two Australian companies that are fighting it out in the yep. Supreme Court of New South Wales mm. and wherever. Um, so all you can really do is, is, is make sure that you have the right, legal documentation mm. in place to protect your interests as best you can yep. you know nothing is ever foolproof but you know it's a lot better having you know agreements in place you know that, that are setting out the obligations of the parties what's happening if an app is being built if certain products are being are being produced you know yep. you know what quantities i mean a lot of these a lot of these companies in china will have you know, minimum order quantities. They won't even take you seriously unless you can purchase X number of units, etc. They're not going to make, you know, 30 or 50 units of a particular headphone that you come up with. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they just won't do that. It's not worth their time. So it's, um, um, you've got to be a, a bit vigilant and mm -hmm. diligent in, in doing your research, I guess, as a business, as a startup as well, as to who are the, other 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 parties the manufacturers the app developers the designers whoever mm. it is or whatever it is that you need or want to use um in these in these other countries that have worked with other businesses and startups before yep otherwise you can end up being in a position where you can also be held to ransom like mm. i've heard of so many app development um uh stories that have gone really bad Ooh. because you find you have app developers that turn around and say oh it's going to cost you thirty thousand dollars to build this app and then mm. and then you map it all out and then this is what you think you're gonna get for thirty thousand dollars and then you get that invoice for thirty thousand dollars and they hand over the product and it's like nothing like you expected it to be yep. and then you say no this was supposed to be like this and this is supposed to be like that etc and they're like oh oh no 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 to do that it's gonna cost you ten thousand this right. ten, and then and then it's like they won't give you the source code or anything like that until you've paid them. And then it's like, well, you, now what do you do? Do you jump ship? Do you go find a new developer? You know, you can end up being up for 50 grand, 100 grand, 500 grand. Um, Crazy business. So, yep.
Um, just on that, it comes down to also, you know, out outsourcing um, software development has you know has ups like an upside and a downside. One of the upsides is um, obviously you you develop at a cheaper rate, right, or a lower rate most of the time. But then you can also get so you order a car, but then you get the car, you just get the skeleton. You get no tires, you get no steering wheel. You know, you look at it from the outside, you're like, damn, okay, I got a car, but you can't drive it. You can't take it anywhere. And that's 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 uh, that's exactly I think what you were talking to, which is um, you know you get handed over a scope and you're like, all right, we'll develop it for you, but then it's it's nowhere near. And sometimes it's it's also a uh, a matter of expectations, um, you know what the scope looks like and what the the company who's you know who's developed the scope expects. Um, these different things to actually work versus the interpretation and that's where drilling down to the details is very good for for both sides it's very good but look ronnie i think no matter what you do and what industry you're in and what business you run um you pay for what you get mm, absolutely life, right and you know i've got t-shirts that i still wear that are five years old and they still fit perfectly and they are brilliant and I love them and yeah, I pro probably should change them. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you're a lawyer. You yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just that, oh, I don't want to chuck this out. I remember where I got it and when I got it. Yeah. And then and then there's, you know, I, I love my Primark t-shirts when I used to be able to fly on that big box to mm. other countries. I can't remember yeah. what that thing was called. The plane or something, plane, aeroplane. No. That's what it is, right? Airplane? Yeah. Airplane, yeah. I just haven't seen those for such a long time. But yeah, you yeah. know, I used to get, um, you know, these, these amazing t-shirts for £3.50 mm. and they were brilliant. But, you know, after two or three wears, mm. they're no they know good anymore. So you do pay for, for what you get in, in, whether it's a service or whether it's a product. And, mm. you know, sometimes if it comes down to, app development if it comes down to legal services you know there mm. there are there are offerings out there where you can get very cheap uh, services that are a kind of a, a, a one-size-fits-all approach or you can uh, invest in in the right kind of person whether it's a, as, a, as a professional as a lawyer as a as a marketing uh, advisor as a, as whatever it may mm. be um, that really understands the scope and the nature of your business and 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 really you know, drums mm. down to what the core is and what you need. And, you know, Sorry, even with that... I'm going to stop you. Uh, is that because... Is that why you're one of the most expensive lawyers in Australia? <laughs> I, I wish I was one of the most expensive lawyers in Australia. Um, but I, I think, though, as you get more experienced mm. and your time becomes more valuable, you know, you start to get to a position whereby, you know, people come to you because they know that what mm. you can do is better than others yeah. and that you can deliver. And, and I'm not saying that you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the most expensive or the cheapest. I'm somewhere in the middle. For me, the way I work with my clients is I'm very transparent. I like mm. to be their advisor on tap and I, I basically um, 
always am transparent with fees and how yeah. I and how I charge. And I have various different arrangements from flexible yeah. fees to retainers to you name it. So, but I always I'm always upfront. And and just going back to that 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 mm. that app example, you know, there are op- opportunities to save a lot of money by going mm. offshore uh, and getting development. But there's very good very talented people right here on your doorstep that can do it that you can speak to on in you know during the right time on, on the on the right you know in the right business hours you know where you can meet them face to face and you can you can basically handhold mm-hmm. they can handhold you or vice versa every step of, along the way to ensure that what you have in mind is the same thing as what they're delivering um, and that may be because of that disconnect when you're speaking on more and more these days with Zoom and et cetera, mm. you suddenly start to get the, the message gets lost in translation. I, I always think about that, um, the fact that we live in a, in a truly, not fully, but a global economy where through technology we can tap into capabilities and people from all around the world. And what is that going to do uh, to... For example, you know, back in the day, you, as a country here, you couldn't hire a marketer from another country. Mm. It wasn't, you didn't have the, the technology, right? I'm talking about maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but now, you know, with all the online freelance platforms, you can find a ton of people. So eventually, as that continues to grow, you're going to be a one full marketplace where anyone can tap into you know uh, but you you're going to end up with certain occupations like for example construction you can't hire someone from another world from another country to to do the job but a lot of the services why, why can't you hire somebody from you mean if they're living in that other country exactly oh okay yeah, yeah. i mean of course so there will be jobs that you need to physically be there like construction for correct example, oh, okay. right? uh, yeah but everything else is just going to be completely one large pool, you know. Um, I want to switch to something uh, I find a little bit interesting. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. So he hired a ton of lawyers because, you know, like everything he does is controversial. super controversial. Yeah. And he... And he's a legend. He's a legend. He's funny. He's hilarious. Um we may or disagree that some of the stuff he does are offensive or whatever, but if you just look at it from a humor standpoint, he's hilarious. I find him very funny. Look, it's very offensive. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of the stuff he does is, is extremely offensive to you know, various different cultures, including yeah. my own. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's hidden, and maybe it's, it's not even hidden, there's particular messages behind it, you know, yeah. He, he is a very intelligent guy mm. uh, who went to a very, very exclusive private school in the UK. Mm. Um, and he's, he's a comedian that knows exactly what he's doing. Yep. And, um, and th- there is greater good to it. Mm. You know, wh- whether people agree yep. with the messages that he portrays and what he's trying to do and... I don't know if you've seen the new Borat movie, which is I heard. ridiculous. I heard. I um, haven't seen it. You know, people say, yeah. did you like the movie? Is it good? And like, 
no, it's not going to win a, a you know an Academy Award. It is not a good movie. It's not a fun movie. You know, it's not funny. It's not a feel good comedy. Have you watched it? I've watched it. You Spoiler know. alert. Um, well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to. Well, there, there's what there's, topics? What like? What well, things? let's just say there's there's some. You know, he certainly goes out to try and you know, cast some doubt on the current Trump administration and all right. his advisors, etc. And okay. there's various parties that get exposed. Okay. In uh, in in um, in ways that you know you could never imagine, and you know people that you know you you would have come to admire and respect for the change that they've brought to society, and then seeing these people in very compromi- compromising positions, positions yeah. uh, that makes you question, you know, like how fucked up the world has yeah. become. Yep. Um, and you see it in Hollywood, you know, with the, the, you know, with these big time producers and actors that have taken advantage, you know, with all these sexual allegations, etc., that have come out. And, um, you know, it really is disturbing. Mm. I would say that the Borat movie was very, very disturbing. Yep. Did you um, laugh, Bert? Say that again. Did you laugh? I, Did I, you I laugh? certainly laughed. Um, certainly when they were taking, when he was taking a dig of my own culture mm-hmm. and yet he's the same but yep. yet he was just trying to expose how again uh, how fucked up mm-hmm. you know parts of the states are yep. um he did it really well mm. um but yeah i mean it's it's controversial but controversy breeds you know uh, discussion and attention and attention and that's what he wanted to do and but I, people talk about yeah. it so he um, he got nominated recently, not recently, maybe a year ago, to what was the award? And he gave a speech, and it was about yes, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, I just I can't remember now what it was for. Um, and when he was talking, like it, it definitely came to, across to me that he's he's not just a guy like you saw a side that you did not see before, mm. that you've never seen before, which mm. is. He is super, super intellectual, mm. and he cares about um, the world, humanity, and I kind of felt like a big part of his comedy is to expose stereotypes, the ways some people think and address other people, or cultures, and stuff like that. Um, but where I was going with this is um, how, how big the law the the legal team of someone like like him would have to be to deal with all these freaking oh he's getting sued left right and center but yeah you what know, would you would you if he came to you and he said mark i want you to be on my legal team or i want you to take care of all my stuff would you take it no i wouldn't do that why would i want to do that <laughs> absolutely i mean it would be absolutely amazing to mm-hmm. be part of a of a team like that and to get that kind of exposure you know yeah. it's uh it's but it can I mean, be risky too like because he's putting himself in all these different yeah it can risky. be risky i mean it's like saying you you, you know you re- if you're a criminal lawyer mm. and you're representing you know some thug or terrorist mm. or whatever you know it's 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 part of doing your job but you know but if we're talking about Sasha Baron Cohen and mm. and what he's done and and 
you know, the, the claims or allegations that are being raised and, you know, and being part of that team, I would, yep. you know, uh, I would be, I'd be honored to, to, well, to be doing that. Well, if he's listening, so, um, Sasha, make sure you, uh, you bring Mark on the team. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's, uh, and another, another person that comes to mind who's similar to Sasha Baron Cohen in that same vein, I'd say mm. is Russell Brand. Yeah. So Russell was also, you know, a ridiculously intelligent guy, mm. you know, and a comedian. And I don't know if you've seen, I've seen some of his video content and YouTube videos and podcasts and, mm. and, um, you know, he's also he crosses the line. Sometimes. He crosses the line too. And mm. yet he's also one of these guys that I'd say, you know, is, is in, you know, mm. similar kind of fashion and, and yep. To, yep. to, uh, to our mate Sasha. Yeah. Do you find, what are your thoughts on, you know, lawyers and attorneys who take on controversial, so for example, I was watching this podcast, this uh, American comedian, uh, Andrew Schultz, he brought um, a lawyer who I believe represented El Chapo or one of his people. I think it was him. Mm -hmm. And he also, or his law firm, or maybe his boss. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> one of them. Um, but also, he was mainly talking about um, money laundry cases. Mm. And there are lawyers and attorneys who take on cases. And his question to, to, to the lawyer was like, when you represent someone who is... You know, like like El Chapo, for example, when you take on someone like that with all these, I don't want to even say controversies because sometimes it's just like too obvious and, you know, it's, it's just too crazy. Um, or even like a money laundry case. How, wh what are your thoughts on, you know, taking something like that? How, how, how risky and how... Um, you, don't have, you don't have to take on it anything that goes against your better judgment, your moral values and your yep. integrity, right? Yeah. Um, look, I, d I don't, I'm not a criminal lawyer. Mm. You know, I do some family law, but I don't do a lot of family law. I'm not in, you know, in, in, in an area where I feel that the line is sometimes crossed, mm. but you know, it is, you do have an obligation to your client and to, and to the law. Uh, and to the courts, and you got to act in that in the best interests, regardless of whether you necessarily agree or disagree with a particular value or moral or the way mm. in which it's going. Because at the end of the day, that your job is to protect that party's interests. So, um, you know, in terms of how I feel, if there's something that I'm dead against, I just mm. I won't do it. Would um, you investigate a little bit before? Because sometimes it might be great. You wouldn't know. Um, it's always good to have an understanding and idea yeah. and investigate and, yeah. and, and a number of the firms uh, and lawyers, you know, small or, or big will do, do your, um, uh, KYC, you know, know your client, mm. um, background checks, you know, mm. for, for anti-money laundering and to see that, you know, things are, you know, things are okay and mm. that they've crossed, you know, conflict checks and, various other things that you go through to ensure that the client you're taking on is the client that, you know, you want to represent because at the end of the day, reputation is key yep. in any business as yep. well. So, you know, sometimes, you know, 
you always hear the saying, you know, any publicity is good pub publicity, um, which is true, but it's also untrue, I guess, because, you know, too much bad publicity and people won't go near you or your business. Um, I think I think that's a flawed, I agree with you. I think that's that's a flawed concept. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Um, in some occasions it can be, but I mean, think about online reviews. Someone gives you a bad review, that's publicity, isn't it? That shows up on search results, that you know shows up everywhere, and the next customer or prospective customer that comes in and has a look at that, they're not gonna go, oh, they must be popular. <laughs> let, me, let me just buy the product. No, they will have a bad impression and most likely they will not go for it so you know and, th and that's human yeah. nature yeah. and i think that's the problem i mean you look at i mean one of my biggest issues is that like, i always strive for, for perfection so mm. again back in the day when we used to be able to travel mm. and go on holidays like eight months and, ago and uh, and uh, and stay in nice hotels you know and when i was going on on uh, on work trips and staying mm. in hotels i'd always be looking you know, I spent hours, you know, going on, mm. you know, booking.com and TripAdvisor and trying to find, you know, mm. the perfect hotel. And it doesn't exist because even if you look at the number one hotel in a particular country or city, mm. um, there are bad reviews. Yep. There are good reviews and bad reviews. And you go through five good reviews and then suddenly there's one bad review. And that just And kills it's it. just like that. Next, yep. move on to number two. Yep. You know, it's like best holiday most amazing breakfast and then number person number five was staff were rude breakfast was shit there was a there were the the, the, the carpets were stained oh my god i don't want mm. i don't want to go near that hotel so yeah. you know look i don't i don't i think you're right about you know having a negative uh review mm. on on your site you know on a, on a on a on a you know from a google review point of view or or you know, whether it's a, a, a trust pilot mm. review or whatever it may be about your product or your site or your service or your business, um, you don't want that. Yep. You always want customers to or clients to leave good reviews mm. if, if they even leave reviews. Yep. Um, don't believe every review. You know, I, I think it's important as well to do your own due diligence and to investigate and to speak to other people as mm. well. Sometimes reviews are left um, on sites because they had a bad experience mm. through a staff member or, you know, uh, uh, and my wife's a speech and language therapist mm. and she works uh, and she is also a linguist. Yep. Um, and she's him. really good with people mm -hmm. and understanding and listening. And all the time, she always says to me, you know, a lot of the time it's not about you. It's about them. Mm. It's about what's happened to them uh in during their day yep. you know or their yep. week or what personal issues they've got going on in their lives mm. and sometimes it's not a reflection of you or your business or your you know a cafe or a restaurant you know mm. they may have just had such a shitty day and when mm. they went to that restaurant the waiter or waitress said something that just rubbed them the wrong way mm. and from that moment on there was nothing really that they could have done mm. you know the other oh, food was okay mm. but it was too cold mm. or the chips were too crispy you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, obviously we all strive to do the best that we can mm. um, and to to ensure that when our customers or clients leave us, they, they rave about us because, mm. you know, referral is also so important. 
mm. you know in in business it's not only about social media these days and content and articles and what you put out it's about you know uh, you get you can get more business from repeat customers or clients you know that love your product or love the service who then go and shout out to the rest of the world mm. uh, about that product or service yeah, or that absolutely. person and that's how you succeed i think you're extremely accurate with with that i'm glad you touched on that so here's what i think back in the day word of mouth before the digital world you know yep. came to surface used to be imp super important because you didn't have exposure to a lot of information right so i would go to mark and say hey mark do you know a great plumber right but then you have things like Google search or today you have ton of ways, uh, or maybe let's go back five years ago, you have ton of ways to find the product or service that you're looking for online, right? But as we get more and more hammered with um, too many options online, right? Too many um, messages and ads and all that stuff, and I'm a digital marketer. I believe in the digital advertising. There's not a part of me that doesn't believe in it. However, in saying that, I can see word of mouth coming back to be as important as it once was um, because of the ton of options that are out there. So I wanna just go back to Mark and say, hey, who have you dealt with recently who is uh, really good at X, Y, and Z? Well, I think you're spot on. But I think it's a case that they coexist. They have to coexist now, mm -hmm. and they have to be equal. Because even if you, even if one of your top clients recommends their accountant or says you've got to use Mark as your lawyer, uh, you then still go do your own due diligence. So mm -hmm. you now you're now ahead of the pack mm -hmm. in terms of they're now going to call you or get mm -hmm. in touch with you or go to your website. You have an edge, and you've got so you've got that edge. So they'll go to your website. But if I if I am told that you've got to use XYZ plumber or gardener and I go to their website and I see it's really outdated and the content's really bad and it's and really reviews, sloppy yeah. and there's a couple of bad reviews, then I don't, I don't really care what Rani mm -hmm. told me about Joe blogs. I'm, I'm still going to probably be shaped into making my own decision based on the other, the other research that I've done. Absolutely. Whereas if they go in and they, they, you say, oh, you've got to use, you've got mm. to use Mark, or you've got to mm. use Ronnie, you know, mm. and and then you go on and you just do spend five minutes, and then mm. you look at their website, and and probably once they say you got to use Ronnie, mm -hmm. they're not going to go look for anyone else. They're just mm. going to go and look at Ronnie's profile. Yeah. So all Ronnie's, you have to be is just look is, good. And, uh, just look good. Yeah. So so I think, I think whereas you never had that option, you know, mm. however many years ago now, mm. where, where you know. Early yeah. '90s or late '90s, where the, where mm. the internet wasn't even around, so mm. it was only word of mouth. Yep. But now, I still think word of mouth is absolutely key. Mm. Um, but I, it's you, you can't have one without the other. You yep. need you need the social media and the digital marketing to get that client. That client then gives you know the word of mouth. That word yep. of mouth spreads its own way, and then the word of mouth comes back to you mm -hmm. and to back to the social media and the digital yep. marketing when they go yep. do their own research and then decide whether they want to use you or not. So it kind of goes around in circles, yep. I, th I think. 100%. So product and marketing need each other, 
right? You cannot have one without the other. Yep. Um, if someone comes to me with a product or a service that I do not believe in, I will not take the job. I'll not take the contract. I'm not going to work with them just because I believe that regardless of how good marketing is, people are smart enough today to, to know and assess if what they're buying is going to be good enough or not. And so you couldn't do it with just marketing. You need to have a, fundament a fundamentally and genuinely a good product or service. And then stack on top of it, you know, the word of mouth. And word of mouth is going to come if you have it. Um, and speaking of reputation, speaking of great reputation and, um, you know, a service that everyone speaks highly of, um, yourself and Lazarus Legal. And so if anyone who's listening right now, um, you know, who has a startup or a business or works in a business and they need they need help whether it's a small contract or they need to have an entire structure in place or ESOP or whatever the case may be what is the best way to reach you obviously <coughs> excuse me this is going to go on LinkedIn so I'm going to tag you and all that stuff but how else can they reach you well Firstly, I'm just going to say, so yeah, so Lazarus Legal is a full service firm working with startups and brands and creatives and, you know, fast moving consumer good brands and, you know, doing everything from the ground up. But um, I was also a barrister for several years and mm -hmm. just just touching on that reputation point. One thing I always remember um, when I was in the, my early years at the mm -hmm. bar was, you know, being taught that reputation is key. And if you screw up your reputation, um, yep. you're dead in the water, yep. you know, because that's what you've got. So it's all about integrity and building mm. that reputation. Yep. You know, a, as a lawyer, I mean, Lazarus Legal's got, I've built a, a solid team of, of lawyers. We've got about seven or eight of us now. Yep. Um, and we work in various different areas mm -hmm. of law from property and conveyancing mm -hmm. to- Can you give to, them shout outs? To, to, to shout outs to- To, to the team? Uh, by name? Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not oh, gonna okay. by right. name, yeah, but, sure. but, but, um, but we've got a solid team in, in litigation, in yep. franchising, in startups, in in uh, in, in FMCG, yep. uh, and we 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 are your advisor on tap. So mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that how I differentiate myself is I like to immerse myself in the culture, lifestyle, and ethos of mm -hmm. a of a of a company, or brand, or product, yep. um, and I become their external advisor on yep. on tap, their in house external in house counsel. So you know, I've done everything from mm -hmm. working in London at you know monster at big yep. FMCG companies to working uh, for big media entertainment law firms uh, in, in London. Yep. Paul McCartney is one of the biggest clients yep. um, to working in uh, small businesses to working in my own practice. Mm. And uh, we're based in Bondi Junction. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, a website, www.lazaruslegal.com.au. Um, but I've got several clients that are um, all over the world. I'm a yep. UK qualified and practicing lawyer, so yep. I've got clients over in the UK and Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, having worked for Monster, which is headquartered in, in Corona, mm. well, I shouldn't even say that these days, in Corona in California, okay. um, uh, I've been working with a lot of US companies 
uh, on US contracts as well. So I'm, I, I'd like to call myself a bit of a global lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, our firm is small in stature in terms of, you know, we're a smaller boutique firm, but we work and take on mm-hmm. uh, from, both on litigation and also on big deals, uh, some of the biggest firms uh, yep. around. So uh, we've got a solid it's not team. by quantity. It's, it's and, it, and it's about it's about quality it's about you know i am always available um 24 mm. 7 much to my wife and kids mm. dismay um but you know we've got a we've got a solid team and we mm. we like we're not we're not your suit and tie lawyers mm-hmm. um you know we do things i can i can tell we do things differently yep. uh we rise above yep um and it's all about for me the most important thing mm-hmm. in my practice isn't about making a quick buck. It's about right. building long-term relationships with clients. So yes, I've got a, a, a bit of a following on, on LinkedIn. There's a lot mm-hmm. of content I post on LinkedIn and articles. I can be reached on LinkedIn, yep. uh, you know, through most social media channels uh, and on my website. And then you know, I've, you know, can tap into into my into my website. You know, yep. Email addresses are info at lazaruslegal.com.au and can come through to me via that that channel as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, it has been a pleasure and an honor to have you. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for educating me personally. So on tell me one, one thing before we, we finish up here, Ronnie. Those four, five, five. guys up there, what's, what's, have, has anyone ever said to you, what's your order of preference? Ooh, that is a spicy question. <laughs> and we, don't, we don't need to go for another 30 minutes on this. Just give me one to five, go. That is a spicy question. Um, a hundred percent number one, uh, the legendary Elon Musk. Nice. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want why or just the order? Just without? the order. One okay. to five. Okay. So number one is Elon. Two is Gates. Um, three is Zucks. Four, I want to say Bezos and then Steve Jobs. And the reason uh, Jobs is at the end or at the bottom is is because, I mean, he's he's a legend in so many ways. May his soul rest in peace. However, I haven't, like, when he was, like, peaking and when, you know, all the things that he's done, I was kind of, not tuning in and yeah. I, I didn't kind of like live it through uh but i mean apple like I, and i heard i heard his stories um but you have to you have to admit that you know since his passing you know apple at least from my perspective has mm-hmm. not um innovated in the same way like as 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 um as they did when he was around and that that maybe and maybe that's a very controversial statement but i just think you know you look at the products that are out there now and what he brought to the table when he was around and you know obviously uh he really did steer the ship there yeah i think maybe and this is me just based on what i hear that could be absolutely not true but I heard that he wasn't very nice to the people he worked with. Yeah. And for me, I try as much as possible to be nice, kind uh, with anyone I work with. And so I think this is important for me. And from what I heard, it wasn't that. But you're right. I think 
I, and to what you said, maybe the, the innovation, because innovation is a curve at the end of the day. You staying um, innovative at the same pace is just virtually impossible. You can't keep innovating at the same pace. Eventually, that curve kind of plateaus a bit, unless you're Elon. <laughs> um, well, we, we don't have to uh, delve into it. Maybe that, that maybe that's a, a, another podcast discussion in yeah. itself. But uh, I was just interested in, uh, you know, you've obviously put effort into choosing, selecting your top five. I so mean, yeah, Gates is a legend, so he's definitely number two. Elon number one. And who do I say, number three, Zuckerberg. And just because when he started, he was pretty young and what he did and what he created, although you know, social media was around when he started, he had a couple of networks, he had even High Five and MySpace and all that stuff. What he's been able to do, and again, talk, talking about things that touches people's lives and arguably now not so positive with all what's happening with the censorship and all that stuff, but no one, like, tell me how many people you know that don't don't use Facebook, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. But I agree that, that we, we can have a whole hour or maybe two on on them. Um, so well, yeah. I look forward to getting invited back for that uh, that hour or two. May you are the advisor on tap. I am the advisor <laughs> on, the on show. tap. <laughs> I am the advisor on tap. Thank and, you so uh, much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure too. Thank you so much. Thanks.